From the Chattahoochee Tech Studio, welcome to a special edition of the Marietta Daily Journal podcast, Cobb Life. This week, the Kiwanis Club of Marietta and the Rotary Club of Marietta mixed and mingled for their final meetings of 2022. The special guests for this event were Kevin Avery and Taylor Scott, hosts of the Kevin and Taylor Show. 104.7 The Fish is morning radio program. The two talked about the radio industry, what it was like to be on the air for 9-11, and how the show and its audience has helped people. Moderating the conversation was Rotarian Jennifer Nelson, the Vice President of Advancement at Chattahoochee Tech, and Rotarian Darian Sutherland, the President and CEO of BG Ad Group and the BG Podcast Network. We'll bring this great conversation to you after a word from our sponsors. You deserve better than your bank. Better service? Better rates, better solutions. If you live or work in Cobb County, now is the perfect time to make the switch to Credit Union of Georgia, the better way to bank. Since 1960, Credit Union of Georgia has been providing Northwest Georgia with financial solutions that make sense for your home, business, and family. As a homegrown, not-for-profit cooperative, our members are our mission. Not only will you get the best loan rates, you'll get personalized customer service from people who understand your needs. Plus, Credit Union of Georgia provides real convenience with a network of more than 30,000 accessible ATMs and branch locations across the country. Of course, there's also five locations right here in Cobb County. Ready to see how much better your banking can be with Credit Union of Georgia? Become a member today or apply for a loan online by visiting cuofga.com. Credit Union of Georgia, the better way to bank. Engineered Solutions is your locally owned and operated commercial and residential foundation company that specializes in foundation repair, basement waterproofing, and crawl space encapsulation. I'm consumer investigator Dale Cardwell. I've done the research already, so you don't have to. Well, we have, we're going into our program because we've got some super special guests today joining us. And my buddy Darian Sutherland is going to introduce them. Darian is on our board. He's also president of Fiji Ad Group. I'll get it right in a second. He's helped me do a lot of work with the college of creating a podcast station. And when I first became president, I knew that we would be hosting this year. And I wanted to make sure we had a super special program for our joint program. So Darian is here to introduce our program. Thank you, Madam President. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, we can do better than that. Let's get it a little bit better. Merry Christmas, everybody. There you go. About 25 years ago, I had this distinct pleasure to be one of the first guys Salem Media brought in at 104.7 The Fish on the backside to uh, be a part of 104.7 The Fish. And during that time, Kevin and Taylor, I think Kevin was the first employee. I may have been the second or third, and Taylor was the fourth and I built a relationship with them. And it doesn't seem like it's been 25 or 24 or whatever years it's been, but it's been a while. So, but here's the difference between them and me. For the past 25 years, they've had the opportunity Monday through Friday from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock to influence countless millions of lives in Atlanta. Not only people that they know, but people that they do not know. This morning, or this afternoon, we're just going to have them come up. We're going to do a fireside chat with them. We're going to let them tell about themselves. Please make welcome the longest-running morning show in Atlanta, Kevin and Taylor in the morning from 104.7 The Fish. 
I just don't know how they look so good being up at 3.30 in the morning. Well, we're just going to do a little Q&A, and we thought that would be the best way to get down to the deep things that are going on with you guys. But I remember when you came on, when the station started, the only Christian station you could get was uh, 93.3, which was in the South Atlanta. And so I remember Kevin started first. So just give us a little background about how you both got into the biz. Okay. Into radio in general, um, I was always a music fan and an instrument owner, but didn't really have a talent to play or perform. Uh, but I love music, so that was my, kind of my inroad to radio. And then once I got into radio, um, very quickly came to understand that the music business and the radio business are two completely different things. That radio stations play music, but we're not. We work with the music industry, but we're not the music industry, and I fell in love with the radio business. So that's how, how I got in, and, and I was a, an intern at radio. I'm from Baltimore originally and was an intern at an oldie station in Baltimore, um, and this was when oldies meant 50s, 60s, and 70s. Yeah, now it means 80s. <laughs> right, right, right. It was good times, great oldies, and the music was so much fun, and I must have blown up, I don't know, 10 million balloons for WQSR in Baltimore, Maryland during the year and a half I was an intern there. But that was, that was how I got into, into radio. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to Jennifer for saying we look nice. Um, I'd like to point out that you know your clothing is in high rotation when you're wearing the same clothes that are on the cover. So, yes, I made it work. <laughs> I wanted you all to be able to recognize me. <laughs> I also want to give a quick shout-out to our colleague Chris Monroe, who is here today. From the Gift of Music Chris. Foundation. Chris, are you? Oh, there you are. I couldn't spot you. Chris Monroe is who you hear every morning doing traffic on our show. He, has, he adds so much fun and so much great information to the show. Um, but he's also the founder of the Gift of Music Foundation, which provides instruments to um, underprivileged kids who otherwise might not be able to be in bands. So shout out to Chris. We appreciate you. And Chris is a lifelong band geek. <laughs> Marching yes. band, the whole bit. <laughs> but um, as far as my um, entry into radio, it's funny. Um, I joke that it started with me giving the high school announcements at my at my high school. Um, I got on the intercom and would give birthdays and things like that. But I actually kind of panicked my senior of high school. I was like, I don't know what I want to do, and sat down with my parents. And somehow, in that hour long brainstorm, radio just lit up my mind. I'm like, that's what I want to do. And uh, my dad actually came to faith in Christ through listening to radio. So it meant a lot to me. And I went to a a college, Wheaton College, that had their own radio station in the basement of the Billy Graham Center. And I started getting practice right away. And when I graduated in 92, it was a really rough economic situation. So I actually did volunteer radio for a while and then went on to work for Moody Radio, which is how my dad came to Christ. And I was doing that part-time while doing public relations when um, Kevin's co-host left. And I heard about the opening, because I, I used to listen to him. And uh, I applied, and he, you interviewed me how many times? Eight? Uh, something like that, yeah. And we put her on a probationary period, which should expire in a year or two. Okay. I'm not kidding. He interviewed me probably eight times before I got the job. So Was that in yeah. Florida? That was in Florida at Way FM, yes. Mm-hmm. 20 years on the radio. What's your favorite stories? What's some things that pop up when Ooh. somebody asks you? Uh, Non-Darren-oriented stories? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, there are countless ones. I think our favorite stories, and I think Taylor would agree, is, is when we get to meet listeners who we've never met, but they'll say, I feel like you're a part of my family. I feel like I know you. Um, and they'll share very you know, personal stories of their own faith and how maybe something silly we've said or maybe we've shared something that we've read from a devotion and, and it really touched them. Um, I think that's probably my favorite thing, that and, and some of the uh, charitable work that we get to do, working with uh, organizations like Food for the Poor. That really means a lot to us when we get to do, when we get to do that. One cool story about Food for the Poor, we raised money for fishing villages and they provided boats for fishermen in the Caribbean. And one of them was named after my mom, who passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but I got to see that boat with her name on the side, the Good Ship Marie. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, things like that I think are really rewarding. Our listeners um, here in Atlanta actually have a legacy in the Caribbean through Food for the Poor. Like, you can go to Jamaica and see all these fishing villages at the entrance it says from 104.7 The Fish Atlanta listeners, and it, it really is a cool way. I know you guys, um, both in the Kiwanis and the Rotary Club, you're so charitably minded. Um, but it's just a really neat um, way when we did it that way where these fishermen were given boats and generators. And they, be, they actually created little micro enterprises, and they would have little restaurants on the side of the ocean, all because people here in Atlanta gave. So that is, Food for the Poor is one of our favorites. Um, but also, um, I think we've got some great stories from humble beginnings, <laughs> oh. starting <laughs> the year 2000. Uh, like, you should tell them about when the van broke down. Yeah, we had the, we inherited these vans from a radio station was KISS 104.7, yeah. and then it changed to The Fish, and we inherited all of their vans, and their vans were bright yellow, and it was one of Taylor's jobs to get them painted, and she got them painted the brightest blue geo blue that you've ever seen, and that was kind of embarrassing. But when they broke down, we had a, a gas station right down the street from the radio station. We would take them to get repaired, and the van literally broke down. It would not run, and our producer at the time had a Jeep. So at 4 o'clock in the morning, he was I got in the van, and he was pushing me with his Jeep going down Peachtree Road. <laughs> And I called, I called Taylor on my cell phone, and I said, I bet, remember Steve and Vicky? I said, I bet yeah. Steve and Vicky are doing something like this right now. <laughs> Which, of course, they weren't. No. Right. So you were on the radio and in charge of the vans. Yes. I was promotions director and mornings for seven years, and Kevin was program director, which is management, and mornings for eight years. He saw my one year of having the promotion stuff off my shoulder, and he said, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> so do you now both just focus on the morning show? Yes. Yeah, no and that's, that's been great. responsibilities or anything no, like that? Thankfully. Right, and it's been fantastic because in focusing on the morning show, we've been able to expand, and we're syndicated now, so our show's on in 130 markets all around the country. Do that, right. So yeah, Honolulu, we're on there. We keep begging for them to do just a car a remote, remote anything, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Awesome. Well, you talked a little bit about your work with Food for the Poor, but I also know that you do a lot within your own communities. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, obviously, community support and, and giving back. Our Rotary's motto is a service above self. So, tell us a little bit about your community involvement locally. Yeah. Um, both of us, on a personal level, are very involved. We're both long... Ever since we moved to Atlanta, we both moved right to Cobb County. So, I was in um, Mableton for a while, and now I just became a resident of Kennesaw two years ago. Um, but so personally, I've been involved with Girls on the Run, yes. 
um, in the local schools, third, fourth, and fifth grade girls, and just giving them that really strong foundation. Uh, but we also, both Kevin and I are very involved with the Fish Christmas Wish every year. And we had a really cool story happen just at our two broadcasts ago where I, and it came full circle, the girl who was uh, the Chick-fil-A yeah. employee. We met a, a lady who, she was probably 20, 25-ish, uh, and she told us that her family had been, if you don't know what the Christmas wish is, by the way, it's where fish listeners donate money or they find other fish listeners that are cataloged that have needs and it's listeners helping listeners. And we've been doing it for what, about 10 years now, I guess. And Chick-fil-A is very involved. We go and do live broadcasts at Chick-fil-A, uh, every Friday in December. So, um, we were out last Friday, a lady who works at Chick-fil-A said my family was helped by the Christmas wish. My parents couldn't afford Christmas presents for me that she said it was like 10 years ago. And she said, and now this year, my mom and I were going to grant someone else's wish. So it's really neat to see people who were helped at one time, they're back on their feet again, and they're getting involved in helping people. And then we've also met people who they come out and it's a family who helped a family and they come out together and help another family. So it's, it's almost become generational and multi-families involved in it. Guys, you talked about a little bit about um, you're syndicated all across the country. Tell the folks out there what you got to do to prepare every morning. You just don't get there at 530 and turn the microphone on and talk, and that's what's going on. Now, well, as you can imagine, I get up at 320 every morning just to blow dry this hair. <laughs> Does I mean, it ever that, get easy getting up that at 320? Takes, that takes a while. <laughs> Is it ever easy just getting up at 320 every day? No, no. I, I've been doing morning radio for predating when Taylor and I have been doing the show together about 25 years now in South Florida and here, but I was doing it for a few years before that. And I don't know about you, but I never get used to getting up early. Wow. No, most people get to see us high energy. Yeah. It's our spouses that see the results <laughs> of getting up that early. But no, to answer your question about how do you get ready? Um, we do a lot the day before trying to get, you know, just glean, uh, we always have our target listener in mind and what he or she might want to talk about. What And it's all about what relates to their lives. Like, uh, what's your name again, sir? You, t- you were telling me in the red jacket. Jim. Jim. Yes, Jim was telling me he heard me tell a story on the air today about getting on the airplane with kids and how kids can just test your patience. And I observed um, a couple like that where um, the father was so agitated with the whole situation with their son being crabby on the plane. He actually said uh, loud enough for the entire plane to hear the, the mom thought someone was in their seats. And he's, he's like, no, 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 we're in, we're in row 22. And he said really loud, oh, mommy needs to work on her numbers too. <laughs> and Jim was so nice to say, we can all relate. So that was the whole point in telling the story is so that you guys as listeners, you men and women can see yourself in the story. Right. So we're basically story harvesters. <laughs> and the, the other thing that we've tried to do from day one is um, we learned this from a pastor in Nashville, his name is Scotty Smith. And he shared at a conference one time to try to be the welcoming heart of God. And, and that's what we try to do. We try to just present to anyone, no matter what walk of life they're from, what perspective they're coming from. What I mean, we've met a woman at, at a Christmas Wish broadcast who was an atheist when she started listening to the fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, why an atheist would listen to a Christian radio station? The Lord works in mysterious ways, right? So we always try to, to be... Um, like the people that would greet you in the foyer at church. We want to be the welcoming people that make you feel really good to be there. 
One of the most trying days that I remember on the air, and you guys were always prepared. Believe it or not, guys, when you're a sales guy and you come to these guys, they want to know how that sale is going to affect the listener and how it's going to sound on the station and they're crafting all that. But the day that I remember more than anything else that threw us a curveball and you guys handled it so beautifully was 9-11. And, and if you remember that day, there's never been another day like that. Yeah. That kind of stuff doesn't happen that much. But when that happens and you have to just go off script, mm -hmm. what keys that for you? What, what are you thinking? I mean, does it come from talent? Does it come from preparation before? Where are you at? Well, for, for Taylor, it's God-given talent for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I, yeah, I can remember that day like it was yesterday for a couple of reasons. First, it's my birthday. So, it's, yeah, it was kind of weird to have that as your birthday for a few years. But, um, no, I mean, the first thing, like everybody here, I mean, what, what did you want to do? The first thing you want to do is get in touch with your family, right? Even though you knew logically they were fine, you just wanted to make contact. So I think both of us called our spouses, but we had just hung up the phone with one of our artists, Michael W. Smith, had called in. Yeah, and when the first plane hit, we thought, oh, this is terrible. And then, like everyone else, the second plane hit, and we knew something was up. I still, all these days later, have people come up to me and say, I heard about the plane crash from you. Because when it first happened, I don't know if you all remember, we thought... What is it? Like, is there a drunk pilot? It, it, they thought it was a small plane. Um, and so I, to answer your question, Darren, I think that um, what kicks in because of what we do for a living, we honestly, the, the number one goal is to be authentic and real. And so we kind of try to be that calming voice, but we also try to be, hey, we're just as concerned about this as you all are. We feel just as unsure of what's next but we also have to keep in mind little children listening. Yeah. Um, and so thankfully we had so many wonderful pastors in the community that helped us in the following days with right. leading us in prayer and just giving words of hope and encouragement as we were all walking through that together. Another, another time that was equally as stressful and it just kept going was the pandemic. Um, we didn't miss a day on the air. We went into the studio every day. So we were there, the two of us, our producer, Chris, uh, Chris was there. Um, and we didn't miss a day and we really felt a huge responsibility to be there every day and be kind of a, a steadiness in people's lives because everything was, who knew what was coming the next day, right? A new variant or you've got to stay home or wear seven masks and there's no bacon at the grocery stores. It was just, it was chaos, right? For, for the longest time. So we decided we want to try to be a steady presence in people's lives. So, so if nothing else is there to hold on to, at least we're there. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing, uh, we realized that a lot of people were alone. There were a lot of people who, you know, if you were single and by yourself, that's fine when life's normal. But when you've got to stay home and you can't go out and you have no contact with people. So we tried to look for ways that would create community. Like we would have a different theme every day. One day we would, we would wear camouflage. Hey, tomorrow it's going to be uh, NFL jerseys. And we'd post pictures of us wearing NFL jerseys to give people that weren't in touch with us a way that they could be connected. And the first time we went back out when it was, you know, everybody was back out and we could do a Chick-fil-A broadcast with the fish Christmas wish. We had a young mom who was there with her husband and her eight year old son. And she was in tears and she said, I was so lonely. I felt so alone, but I, and everything was unsure, but I felt like I could turn on the radio. And when you guys were there, 
I felt like it was going to be okay. And I was so touched by that because when you're on the other side of the microphone, it's not like having a live audience like this. You don't always get that feedback. So to hear her say how much it meant to her was just such a gift for and, us. And it was a hard time for us too. I mean, we went through all the emotions that everybody did. My mom was in an assisted living center at the time and it was really hard. Not, I had to cancel a trip to see her, right? It was two weeks to flatten the curve. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll reschedule it. And I, I never got to go and visit my mom again. She passed away. Um, I'm really glad that I had a good visit with her right before that. But going through that and then having to go to a funeral in the middle of all that, you know, in Baltimore was hard for my wife and I because everyone's, should we get on a plane? Do you wear a mask? Do you wear, you know, a hazmat suit? Who knew it at that time? So dealing with the same things other people were like all of us were and doing it in a very open, open way. I think people, I think people, they just connect with that. I mean, what, if you haven't picked up what you see with us is what you get. This is, this is all we got. <laughs> and, and people do tend to connect, I think with a, a genuineness. They absolutely do. So my, my thought is you, you've been in this industry for about 25 years, at least. I know my industry in marketing and PR and fundraising has changed a lot. The way we do advertising is different. You know, we now have, you know, different competitions. And you guys have got, radio has competition, Mm -hmm. you know, with streaming and all those things. So tell us how your industry, if you will, is changing and how you're responding to that. Yeah. Well, we've definitely seen it. I mean, um, just even, let's set podcasting right here for a minute. Just even on social media, Everyone is doing a show. I mean, if you follow some of the people that point the camera and they're walking through the neighborhood and they're giving their opinion. So there's a lot of competition um, in that way. But thankfully, I think because of the consistency and the authenticity and being relatable, uh, we have the most incredible loyal listeners. And therefore, uh, then we have loyal advertisers, too, because they they know the audience is going to be there, that they're going to get results for their businesses. I mean... Um, Kevin has a client, Platinum Kitchens, and the owner literally says, I built the business on you telling people about your kitchen. And he's, I think he's getting ready to sell and sail off into retirement, all thanks to being on the fish all those years. It's been successful because it's a really nice kitchen, um, (laughs) that's number one. But uh, yeah, and I think when you're asking about changes in the industry, social media was a very big change for us. All of a sudden, we had to be on all of these different platforms and stuff. And I've told my wife a million times, I wouldn't be on any of them if it weren't for my job. Right. And then she sees my Twitter account and goes, you're lying. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do love my Twitter. Um, but that, that was the first biggest change to our industry was uh, social media and having to be not just a radio show, but now there has to be a visual aspect to go, uh, go along with it and trying to come up with creative ways to, you know, have thing, you know, the, the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. have something go viral. Um, right. find if any of us knew the secret sauce for that, you know, we'd, yeah. we'd be millionaires, but well, and kind of like you guys with Rotary Club and Kiwanis, um, being such service oriented community members, the one magic about radio that you can't always recreate on social media or a podcast is that sense of community, like happening right here in our city, right here in Atlanta. Um, this need is happening and we can respond or, hey, join us. We're going to be hanging out at the Gobble Jog or October, Choctoberfest. You know, that's, that's a unique aspect to radio that we're so honored. I mean, we say it all the time and we really mean it. We really do have the best listeners in the whole world. They make us want to be better people because they're, they're out there serving just like you are every day. 
Well, speaking of social media, I see you, I see Taylor post, I see um, Kevin post, and then you have other, do you, is that you actually posting on your Facebook page? Yeah, that's us. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. my, my sister, I love that. There's not some yeah. mirror behind the No, wizard. that's us. My sister Good. met, uh, my yeah. big sister, I'll disclaimer, Sarah, she met our consultant, John Frost, in Florida one time. They were coming out of a movie theater with my parents, and he was there, and he said, he's got this really deep voice. He goes, oh, that staff that does Kevin Taylor's social media, they do a great job. And my sister, she doesn't nuance anything. She went, that's my sister and Kevin. They do that. <laughs> so it's really cute. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you no, ever want to really see us. that it's real with me, just look at all the typos. It's, it's <laughs> completely me. Yeah, yeah. But um, another thing that's changed for me, by the way, with social media is when we started the radio station, my son was eight years old. Yeah. And he's now 30 and, got, and just got his master's degree. When he was eight, I could post anything, pictures of him at the school play or whatever. Now I have to ask, hey, can I post about this, that, or the other thing? Yeah, they're, 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 especially that generation is very, very sensitive about what you post on social media. Cool, good stuff. Hey, I want to remind everybody here, there's some cards on your table for the Marietta Daily Journal podcast Sunday edition. This Sunday, this interview will be replayed live on the Cobb Life section. So if you want to listen to that podcast, please feel free to do that. We'll take some questions from the floor. And since we're going to take questions from the floor, we got to go to a Kiwanis guy. JK, where are you at? I know you got a question. You're the vice president of content for the paper. So what, what you got? For people listening on the podcast, his question was, why do you have to stop Christmas music right with the strike of midnight on December 25th? I think for most people, come midnight, December 25th, they've had enough of Rudolph <laughs> and Santa and, and everyone Christmas else. Shoes. Right, 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 right. So I think that, that's basically it. It's just, it's just a ratings it's a ratings thing where um, people are done and you've got to reflect back what people want. The, I, th- I thought your question was going to be, why do you start so early? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's where I thought you were we, going. But I will say, this isn't what you asked, but we had the neatest story just last Friday. We were out at the Fish Christmas, which broadcast at a Chick-fil-A, and a really sweet young couple came up to us. They had a five-month-old and an 18-month-old. And she told us the story that she started listening to The Fish because of the Christmas music. And then she stayed at the strike of midnight on December 25th. And she heard about faith. And she came to faith through listening to the radio station. And now she's happily married. And her and her husband got married in the church and and are strong church members in our community. And it all started with the Christmas music. Yeah, but I mean, your question is is valid. Like, uh, my mom... Um, mom, uh, raised Catholic. My mom, she's like, why do you stop on that day? That's the beginning of Christmas. That's not the end. And I'd be like, mom. <laughs> Any other questions? All month. Got yeah. one right, young lady right there. What happened to Seaside Steve in 101.5 was the question. I think their farewell address was everybody listen to Kevin and Taylor. That's all, <laughs> that's all I know. No, really, we, we know as much about the radio gossip as you all learn from... Rodney Hope blog or, you know, whatever it is in the yeah, paper. That's, it's pretty funny when it, when it comes to radio <laughs> gossip or things like that. I pay attention to what's going on at our radio station, and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, we'll, when, we met him, right, at that uh, event? Yeah. And yeah. I, was, I was kind of like, I was a fanboy. I was like, oh, wow. 
You're, you're on the radio. <laughs> well, one thing I'll say about Kevin, and I used to go to these conventions and stuff, and I'd come back and say, Kevin, we can be the best in Christian radio. Kevin would look at me and say, Darren, I don't want to be the best in Christian radio. I want to be the best in radio. And I think that's what separates them from a lot of other radio stations out there is their, their willingness to be the best of the total industry, not just a specific genre. So congratulations on that. Got time for one more question. Anybody got a question? Yes, ma'am, right there. All right. And then for the podcast, the first question was for me um, about taking a spill on my mountain bike. Yes, um, I am, as I mentioned, a very proud Cobb County citizen, and therefore I've taken advantage of the awesome mountain bike trails we have here. And, and the awesome emergency rooms. And, oh, yes. <laughs> I know them all, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I took a spill on, on Palm Sunday on April 9th, and I was just climbing, and it was a diagonal route, and I put my arm out. And, uh, yeah, to, to say that, the Northside Cherokee took such great care of me. It was a dislocation as well. And uh, pretty cool story real quick. I, I'm not kidding you. I, didn't, I had no idea until that spill that there was such a thing at Old Rope Mill Park and the, the Taylor Randall trails that there were really um, bike patrols. I didn't know. I'd never seen them all my years of mountain biking. And within 30 seconds of falling, a bike patrolman named on hell came to help me. Yes, an angel on hell came. And, and he's been volunteering out there for years to talk about a servant of the community, and he helped me walk my bike to my car and stuck it inside, went, went to Northside Cherokee and had surgery. But, and, yes, I overcame my fear, and I'm back on my bike. So I'm, I was very worried that I wasn't going to make that happen, but I'm very grateful. Now, um, the question about my wife being a, a trained chef. She is not. Um, she's been a, a stay-at-home mom for 25 years, um, and she just loves to cook. That's Cooking is her love language for me and all of her kids, um, and she just has expanded, and she's very curious about. Don't tell her, but she's getting new hex-clad pots, part Ooh, of her Christmas present. Yeah, be very jealous. Yes. They're they're very they're nice. Very nice. Yes. She has the pans already, but no, she's not trained. But um, she watches. She'll watch YouTube videos. We have taken a couple of cooking classes together, but she's just really good at it. And presentation is everything. I'll go to take a picture, and she'll go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Last night she made these stuffed peppers. And uh, she hadn't put the pesto or the feta on. And I started taking pictures. She's like, it's not done. Don't post that. <laughs> sure. One more from Sandeep. Most impactful Christmas wish? Uh, that was the question. Uh, we did one. Actually, it was a grant from the Christmas Wish Fund this summer for a grandmother who was taking care of how many kids? It was like five or six of her grandchildren she was taking care of. And one of the uh, kids was special needs. And he needed a motorized wheelchair to get around. And they didn't, he had outgrown growth spurt. He had outgrown his wheelchair. Uh, and the Christmas Wish Fund provided a, a new wheelchair for him that they could have never afforded on their own. So seeing something like that, I mean, you know, we hear it over and over again at this time of the year, the blind will see and the lame will walk. Um, to me, that's right up there with that. That was miraculous, seeing this family being given the gift of mobility for a young man who was, he wasn't going to be able to go to school. He wasn't going to be able to do anything without that chair. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. I was really touched actually by, if you, if you're, if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to go to the fish Facebook page and watch the video of this year's big wish. Um, 
I was honored to be out there during the what we call the reveal, almost like HGTV. Um, but a lot of people in the room know I'm really passionate about foster care. I'm, I'm involved. I helped MC Faithbridge Foster Care, and my friend founded Connections Homes. And this is a young woman who dropped out of college. She's only 20. You think about your maturity level when you were 20. She dropped out of college so that her 13- and 12-year-old siblings wouldn't have to be in foster care anymore. And she scraped together, and the family came up with this rickety hunting cabin that was falling apart, and that's where they were living. And not only did fish listeners contribute and just transform, like there was termites in the flooring. They were The one workman fell through the floor. That's how... Um, bad shape. And we had companies come in and just shore up that home and redo the floors and then um, gifts. And, and, and then uh, Truett McConnell College came in and she had her dream is to be a nurse. And they gave her a full four-year education so that she can provide better for these kids in the future. It's, oh, it's pretty phenomenal. Here's another one real quick. I don't know if it's been on the air yet, but the Braves got involved with us to grant a Christmas wish. wish and we had manager uh, Snitker uh, granted it with us. It was for a young man whose his grandparents have been raising him. He's eight years old, has Asperger's and ADHD. Um, dad, granddad lost his job. He got was in an accident, can't work anymore. Money's really tight, and kid's a massive baseball fan. But they said he's not going to be able to play this spring. They can't afford the registration for him. Uh, so the Braves came alongside of us, and they're they're giving them four ticket VIP passes to a game. They're going to get to go out on the field for batting practice, all kinds of cool Brave stuff. But they're also going to pay for his baseball and a gift card to Academy Sports, get all of his baseball gear and stuff. Awesome. So being able to kind of facilitate that for this family, that's they're really struggling and really hurting. And, and the main thing of the Christmas wish, it's great to have all that stuff, but people can, they can really feel forgotten and like no one cares. And when you get to do something like that, that's not just people care, but it's the manager of the Braves that cares. I mean, that's, that's really Speaks cool. Volumes. And we just get, I mean, we just get to sit back and watch God work through stuff like that. And it's a pretty cool seat to have. Well, we really appreciate you being here. And I, I knew that you would inspire us, and you did, with your stories. And I think just what you bring to the community, and you're talking it up all the time. And I, we appreciate your commitment to, to Atlanta and to your faith. So we really appreciate you being Thank here you with so us much. today. And um, I think, Mike, did you have a little gift for them from Kiwanis? Yeah, one of our service projects here at the table is a watercraft library. We take boxes of books and put them in a laundromat. So that when the families come, when the mother comes in the middle of the morning to do the laundry, she has to bring her three-year-old, four-year-old. So these books, these boxes of books are available. Not only to read there in the laundromat while they're there, but they can, they're free to take a book. So we're going to make two books you already signed. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Very cool. That's thank great. you so much. Um, also, as part of our thank you for you guys being here today, Marietta Rotary is making a contribution to the Christmas Wish Program. Oh, wow. So we've Fantastic. already sent $500 awesome. that hopefully you. can be used. I didn't realize you did summer grants, so whatever isn't used now, I guess, rolls over to help people throughout the year. Yeah, it does. We, we rename it Acts of Love during the summertime. Because Christmas doesn't really fly then, but yeah. It flies for me all year. <laughs> right. Christmas right. in July works, but. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. That is so generous. We really thank appreciate you. that and thought you'd rather have that than a, you know, a Yeti cut from Rotary. 
So um, anyway, we appreciate it. So um, I definitely feel like I've heard the Christmas spirit today, and we're so glad that we could all be together. Um, we're going to end, as we normally do, with our pledge and four-way test, and Kelly Maxwell is going to lead that um, as a part of our closing. But as we exit today, we're going to sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas as part of our closing. And then I just hope everyone has a wonderful holiday Be safe and be kind. So thank you all for being here today. Unknown error, every time I think my business is on track, I get these computer issues that shut me down for a day. Ever since my business partnered with Click IT of Marietta, I don't even worry about those types of things. They're local, they have 20 years experience, and specialize in helping small businesses just like mine and yours. Do they handle hardware and software? Hardware, software, malware, you name it. Just tell them when and where and they will be there. Visit them online at marietta.clickitcomputers.com or give them a call at 678-202-4600. Instead of submitting a support ticket, call Marietta Clickit. I'm Jeffrey Drake with Drake Realty. I want to share with small businesses one of the smartest moves we ever made in real estate. We bought our business properties and did not lease our offices, and we paid ourselves instead of our landlords. It was an additional revenue source for our company without any additional work. If you are two years in business and occupy over 50% of the space, you very well might qualify for a no money down loan to buy your business property, whether it's an office property, retail, industrial, or any other number of commercial properties, you may qualify. Owning your business property could eliminate or reduce the check you send to the IRS. Owning your place of work will also enable you to use additional equity to borrow or save. Please call me at 678-708-6885 or visit drakerealty.com and see if we can help you build equity and wealth in your business. Thanks for listening to this special edition of the Marietta Daily Journal podcast's Cobb Life. Make sure you join us for our next episode and be sure to share this podcast on social media with your friends and family. You can find us on TikTok at MDJ Podcast. Add us to your Alexa flash briefing or your Google home briefing and be sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.